Welcome to the Messy Walk Podcast with Pastor Adam Cook, where our goal is to have a genuine and authentic conversation about the Christian faith journey and what a messy walk with Jesus really looks like. Make sure to follow us for future episodes that will be posted regularly each Wednesday. We hope you enjoy this episode. Hey, welcome to the Messy Walk Podcast. I'm your host, Steph, here with Pastor Adam. Hey, hey. Hello, and Happy New Year. Happy New Year. I just want to say it again. It could be middle of January before you hear this. It could (laughs) be February. It might be. You could be listening a year later. We don't know. But Happy New Year. Happy New Year. (laughs) Yeah, it is to us while we're recording this, it is now just barely 2024. Yes. Hard to believe. It is hard to believe. Hard to believe. Steph, I believe I met you in 2000. I think I met y'all in 2009. Yeah, yeah, I was going to say 2009. So mm-hmm. it's been a long time. We're old. 15 years. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. Anyway, Good times. we're here. New year. Yes. Also, this is a new series. It's called The Art of Being Unordinary, and we are on episode 145. Yep. Crazy. Yep. So The Art of Being Unordinary. I'm actually really excited for this series. Um, I, I come to a realization over the last few years. This actually started maybe a couple of years ago. Um, that I've spent too much time just surviving. Um, I get and, that. You know what I mean? And that, that actually came, it, it came from a ministry perspective. Um, but that's, you know, but really it's been in all parts of life mm-hmm. um, that I've just spent too much time just getting by, just just surviving what life throws at you. And you know, you know what I mean? Yeah, just I felt walking, that. Just walking one day at a time has been, it's just been one of those things where I just felt it. And so... Um, when I, when I was working on this a couple of years ago, it was, it was like, I'm just getting through the day, getting through the week, getting through the month, getting through the year. Make sure you eat. Right. Yeah. Up, there's another year, right? Up, there's Mm -hmm. another day, you know, like for, for the pastor, um, or anybody in ministry, um, and even for volunteers in ministry, a certain extent, Sunday comes around real fast. I mean, it's just, it just feels like yep. you have a Sunday, and the next thing you know, there's another Sunday, and there's another Sunday, and it just, just, so it's almost like you're just getting through the week, getting through the week, getting through it's the like week. It's like everyone else's Monday. Right, yeah. right. And yeah, exactly. Same feel, right? And I, and I, you know, through prayer, study, talking with some people, um, and I, I, this has come up recently for me because I'm seeing a counselor, and um, I don't think as Christ followers, we should walk around and just survive in this life. Um, like, there's two, there's no way that's the plan. Right. Um, you know what I mean? Like when you look at the fact that Jesus died for us, it wasn't for us to just get to heaven one day. It's an eternal life. And when Jesus says eternal life, he is referencing, because he actually he actually uh, defines this term, that, that it's, that it's a, a permanent, unstoppable relationship with the Father here, now, that you walk all the way into eternity. Yeah. And he has all these great things planned for, like the church is going to do amazing things in the world. That means through people, not through a building. And and that means us, right? And yes. so all the you know all the things that he has planned in the restoration process and the redemption and restoration process of this world involves us. And so it can't mean that as Christ followers we're just supposed to survive to another day. And especially as a leader in the church, it's not that I'm just supposed to supposed to survive um, until Sunday, right? And then do yeah. it all over again. You know what I mean? And so I, I just don't think that's the case. And as I've felt this, I've been kind of forced to go back and see what it is Jesus has planned for us, like I was just mentioning. So um, 
And I think that when you go back and you look at what Jesus has planned for us, you look at the things that he says. Well, I'll just we'll just give you a few here in a minute. But when you when you look at those, it's very clear that God has created us. Jesus has saved us for extraordinary things, not just an ordinary life, right? Mm-hmm. But but ex- an extraordinary life. Um, and so you may go, well, how do you know that? Well, just by looking at things that Jesus says. Like I'm going to give you a couple. Steph, read um, John 14, 12. John 14, 12. Very truly, I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing, and they will do even greater things than these because I am going to the Father. I mean, think about that. So Jesus is – think about all the amazing things that Jesus did in his life. That's what he's referring to, all these miraculous things. And he's like, you're going to do them too. Yeah. And then you're also going to do greater things than these, right? And so that's part of the church's mission. So obviously, just by that one statement, Jesus has in mind for us to do extraordinary things, not just survive the day, right? Right. Um, not just be ordinary. Um, here's another one. This is one of my favorite verses of all time. This is Acts eight. Um, this mm-hmm. this is um, a tremendous verse. It's very powerful. It goes along with. It goes kind of in tandem with the Great Commission. Okay, Acts one eight. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Right. So Holy Spirit comes upon us. Same Holy Spirit that's in Jesus. Right. His Spirit comes upon us, and then we are His witnesses across the entire world. That that verse gives you concentric circles, right? So you get Jerusalem being close, Judea being further out, Samaria being farther out, and then the ends of the earth is like all the way to us right now, right? Mm-hmm. Like we we were the ends of this was the ends of the earth when that verse was pinned, right? And so obviously just from those two, um, he's created us for extraordinary things. Um, and so what we need to do is figure out well how do we live that kind of life instead of um, this just surviving the day, surviving the week, surviving the month, surviving the year. You know what I mean? Yeah. And and there's got to be more to it than that. You know, and I think that it, the yearning of every heart, just about whether you are a Christ follower or not, the yearning of every heart, the, the, there's a big – everybody has these moments in life where they pause and they go, there's got to be more to life than this. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, everybody has this. You make me think of that song from Stacey O'Rico back in the day. I don't know it. There's got to be more to life. You got to listen to that. I'll listen to it. It's I, great. I don't think I remember it. Yeah. But, I mean, everybody, so everybody thinks that. Mm-hmm. I've been a pastor for a very long time now, right? And I can tell you that as a pastor, I've thought that multiple times. And and but But as a pastor, I have sat with people in every situation of life you can think of, and age range and all that stuff. And everybody comes to that conclusion at some point. Matter of fact, most most people do it multiple times in their life yeah. where they go, there's got to be more to life than this. And so if you're that person who's in that that adult phase of you get up, you know, you, you go to work, you come home, you eat, you go to sleep, you get up, you go to work, go home, eat, go to sleep. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. And every now and then you spice in something extra, extra. There's a vacation in here or a day off or whatever. And, you bought something and, good. Right, you bought, and then, but then you get, you know, you Next Monday comes around, you wake up, you go to work, you come home, you cook dinner, right? And even in the mundaneness of cooking dinner, right? Like we, me and Valerie have been together for, we've been married for 23, 24 years now. Um, we'll hit 24 in July. Think, I don't know how she's put me that long, but we'll hit 24. <laughs> Unless she leaves me in the next few months, we'll hit 24. And we got, we've gotten to that rut multiple times where it's mm-hmm. like, oh my gosh, 
the same the same crap we eat for dinner all the time, right? You know what I mean? It's just right. like these go-to meals. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So everybody hits that spot in life where they're like, there's got to be more than this. And I'm telling you that as a Christ follower, there is. And I have really struggled with this too. But but what we're saying is, is that he's created us for extraordinary things. So this is what I believe. Um, I believe to to kind of step into the extraordinary things he's called us to do, the first step is to be just a bit unordinary, mm-hmm. to do things that is not common in this life. It's an, it's an unordinary order to how we do things, which then sets us up for an extraordinary life. And so we're going to talk about that in this series. Today in this episode, we're setting it up. I want by the time we get to the end for you to be like, okay, yeah, I want to know about these things um, because it's a big deal. But we're, we're setting it up to talk through some significant, actual, tangible steps that you and I can take, not just sitting around going, God's called us to extraordinary things. We should not be ordinary. We should be unordinary. What does that mean? We'll be weird, weird Christians walking around. No, I don't think that's what it means. Like, I think that what we'll, end, <laughs> yeah. what we'll end up with is some tangible things that are small steps, small, small steps that are actually massive steps. They're disguised as small steps that is... Um, the, the the first the first sort of things we do to be unordinary right there's an yeah. art there is an art to being unordinary and it comes with these small steps and so um, here's where we want to go so a key verse for this whole series will be um, from Romans 12 it actually be one and two but we're going to read verse one right now Steph read Romans 12 one okay Therefore, I urge you, let me do that again. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. All right, this is a big verse. So so Paul's saying here, look, to the Romans, right to the Romans, he's going, look, true and proper worship. So think about what that verse just said. True and proper worship with our lives is offering everything you have to God as a sacrifice. Another word for that, another word for sacrifice is always interchangeably with offering. Yeah. Right? So so your true and proper worship is offering everything that you have, everything, all of what you have to God as a sacrifice, as an offering. Like you're laying down everything that you have. That means that means possessions that you have, you know, talents that you have, time, all, my, all those things, right? The idea, the whole encompassing piece of your entire body, you're laying that down as worship. And so he's referencing... He's referencing the Old Testament sacrifices of of animals, but in this case, it's our living bodies. Right? Yeah. So coming back to the Old Testament piece of that, like you would lay down this sacrifice or this offering, he's saying, yeah, but the, now the offering is your whole life, everything, your entire living body. Now, go to the next part of the verse. We're going to break up verse 2. Verse 2 is an extremely famous verse. We've actually talked about this on podcasts a lot. When we did the... What was that series we did about the mind? We did one. Um, was it me and you? No, it was me and Matt. It was right yeah, before you. Sound like it was, it was right before you came on and mm-hmm. took over the hosting in between host stuff. You know, when you were getting married and all that jazz. Uh-huh. Um, we took a teaching series that we were doing called the Battle of the Mind, and we taught about the fact that you can actually think like Jesus thinks. Um, and this was one of the big verses for that. So, so now we're going to read. You got the first part. True and prosper worship is offering your whole life. Everything, yeah. everything you have, right? That's that is the key. That is the key to living an unordinary life. Is that you're going to offer everything that you have. Um, but here's the next verse. It's really, really popular, really famous. We're going to break it down into like three pieces. So here's what I would call um, Romans twelve two a. I like to do this a lot. I like oh, yeah. the a's, the b's, and the c's. All right. So here's a. 
Do not conform to the pattern of this world. All right. Don't conform to the pattern of this world. That's the first thing. So we're going to offer our whole lives, and we're not going to conform to the pattern of this world. Being ordinary is conforming to the pattern of this world. That's what being ordinary is. We're called not to conform to the pattern of this world, so we're called to be unordinary or, better yet, extraordinary. Mm-hmm. But, but, but if you're ordinary then you are conforming to the pattern of this world. There's a clear mandate here not to be conformed, not to be ordinary. And conformed is like being, the, the picture, the word picture on the word conformed is like being made out of the same jello mold. You know what I mean? Like I don't know how many people make jello molds no more. That might be out of state. Or or cookie cutter, mm-hmm. right? That's the idea. That the world is stamping out, <laughs> that an ordinary, regular old life is just stamped out like a cookie cutter. Like this is what's right? acceptable. Yep, this yeah. is just how it looks. This is just what it looks like. Um you know, when you when your kids go through something and you're like, well, you better get used to it because that's what adult life's like. You know what I mean? Like that happens with us sometimes where, you know, they're like, oh, I got to go to school again. I'm like, yep, it's adult life or, you know, it's, it's going to be like this for the rest of your life. You know, it's, it's this idea of conformed is this picture of a cookie cutter, mm-hmm. right? Same old, same old. And what 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 Paul is saying to us that through Jesus as Christians, we were made to break the mold, right? To be different than the regular old average ordinary cookie cutter kind of life. Um, the pattern of this world, so we're not going to conform to the pattern of this world. The pattern of this world means this temporary age. So when it talks about the pattern of this current world, it means this temporary age, like the current system of beliefs and values. Sociologically, um, here is how culture and morals work. The sum of contemporary thinking and values forms this moral atmosphere in our world. So all of what is currently thought and thought of, it sort of forms the moral, what is morally acceptable, morally right, right mm-hmm. in our current world. And that's, that's why you can see that change over time, right? Um, and so the, the moral fiber of any current time is formed by the current cultural thinking, right? And so if you look at our current society, right, you have a way that we do things that's formed by the current culture, and that's what deems things morally right, morally wrong, morally acceptable, Right, so we're in a time frame right now where um, culturally it is the, the the dominant cultural thought is explore uniqueness, explore individualism. Right? Yep. Be whoever you want to be. That's the current thought. So, what's now morally acceptable in our culture is that you have to embrace that, and you can't put anybody. You know, you can't define them. You can't define who they are. You can't label them. You can't yeah. label them, right? And so that's what form, that's that's the moral piece to it. But it's coming because there's a current cultural thought that is dominant. Does but that make sense? Yeah, but it's like at the same time with labels, it's like don't don't assign something to them. But any, and I'm saying this just in general. Yeah. You, anyone else can just pick what they like. You know, this is what you know what I mean. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. People still care about labels. Anyway, keep going. They do. They do. But that's kind of why that's why you see that being morally correct or incorrect is Mm because that's the main kind of current cultural thoughts or climate that's going on. But we believe as Christians something very different. Um, And I think we kind of lose this sometimes. We believe as Christians that the current cultural thinking of this world is always dominated by Satan. Right. So there's a problem if we're getting our um, moral fabric pattern of this world based on what we know to be the current cultural climate, and those things are dominated by Satan. The reason we believe that, that's a key belief, by the way. It's a key belief in Christianity that that the current fiber of this world is being built and treated by Satan. The reason we believe that is Jesus says it, right? Mm-hmm. Jesus talks about the fact that um, 
that he's a liar. He sets a tone in this world, right? He's, you know, he, th- that's just what's happening. So we as Christians believe that we can't just follow what is ordinary or the pattern of this world because we know the pattern of this world is being set by the enemy, right? Right. right? And I think it's kind of obvious as a Christian. If you pull back, you can see this, right? Yeah. Um, so, so we can't we can't get our moral fiber from the sum of contemporary thinking because it comes from the enemy. Right. We have to get it from God instead. That's the whole point of what he's saying here. So That's right. So the way – how do I say this? The, the, I really like this scripture. The pattern of this world is something that's being set by the enemy. We're supposed to break that mold, right? Because yes. we're going to take what we get and what we do and our pattern. We're not going to conform it to the world like Paul is saying. We're going to pattern it by God. So we're going to break the mold of what's happening with every other human being who doesn't know Jesus. That's right. Right. right? That's the whole point. So the way that Paul says that in that verse is because, remember, he's not just writing to us. He's writing to a group of Christians. He's writing to the Romans. Yeah. The way he words that verse implies that they were already allowing this to happen. Yeah. Like That's why he writes it. Everything you see him writing those letters almost always is because there's some issue in the it's church that he's right writing to. Right? Yeah. So the way he writes this, he's implying that this is already happening. Like you guys are falling into some sort of ordinary life, like everybody else, conforming to the cookie cutter view that, and you're taking your you're taking your what's right and what's wrong from what the world says currently culturally. And he's going, no, 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 you can't do that because you've been called to extraordinary different things than that. And so it's already happening there. And of course, of course, they were already doing these things because. How easy is it to do this? Mm-hmm. I mean, how easy is it to take whatever's culturally being taught and said and fall into that yeah. and then get your right and your wrong, your moral fiber from those things? I mean, it's so easy to do it. It's so easy. Listen to this big thought. It's so easy to let current thought be what drives our morals because in most cases, those voices are louder to us than God's voice. Yeah. Right? It's so easy to let the... The, the, the loud voices around us dominate what should be right and wrong for us in our lives or what we should prioritize, what should be important for us, right? Yeah. Because those loud, most of the time those voices are so much louder than God's voice, right, that we're tuned into the culture's voice louder than we are God's voice. I mean, you know, like I don't want to admit it, but I'll admit it on the podcast because I can and I should, right, that – I watched more TV this past week than I did read the Bible. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. I looked at social media more this week than I read the Bible. I bet you did too, Steph. Am I right or wrong? No, right actually, wrong? I'm not. I'm proud of you. I, bet, I tried to throw you under no the bus. No social media right now. I tried to throw you under the bus, <laughs> but it didn't work. Um, there's been times in your life, though, right? Yeah, Lots. absolutely. Well, that's yeah. probably why you're on a social media break, right? Facts, but, yeah. <laughs> right, that's tried, why everyone. I tried to get you. But um, yeah, I mean, so, <laughs> so, but that's the same thing. That's mm-hmm. us, like, the. The social media voice is louder, which, by the way, all the social social media is, is the current cultural climate and thoughts of the day, right? It's From all kinds of people. Media. Right? That's the whole point. <laughs> we listen to that more. It's louder. It's more intense. It's more, it is designed to come and grab you wherever you are, right? Yeah. Like it's made to populate your algorithm just right so yep. you get you get intoxicated and pulled into it, drawn into it, right? The yeah. Word of God's not doing that. The Word of God's just standing firm, right? It's there. The Holy Spirit's not trying to trick you into anything like that other junk is in the culture. And so what ends up happening is, is those voices end up being so loud to us. So so the way Paul's writing this to the Romans, 
that like they're doing it, of course they're doing it because it's so easy to do. Mm-hmm. We're not throwing them under the bus. We're saying even for us in our culture, it's so easy to conform to the pattern of this world. Um, now, that's the first part. Look at the next part. This is the middle section. We call this B of Romans 12, 2. So the first part was don't be conformed to the patterns of this world. There we go. Now what's the next one? But be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Yeah, so be transformed. So we're not going to do that, but instead we're going to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. That word transformed comes from this Greek word where we get the word metamorphosis from, uh-huh. right? The idea of, of literally changing. Um, the, the idea, like metamorphosis, picture picture a, um, a, a, one of them little worms, what are they called? Caterpillar? Into, yeah, caterpillar turning into mm-hmm. a butterfly. Like That's what we're talking about. That's the literal transformation. It's a change in outward appearance. So like the caterpillar is the caterpillar. Yeah. Right? But it changes into a butterfly. Butterfly. Its outward appearance changes, right, from the inside out. And so Matthew ends up using the same word to describe the transfiguration of Jesus. And so the transfiguration of Jesus is when he and a couple of disciples go up on the mount, right, and then all of a sudden – like Elijah pops down and all this stuff's going on, right? And whoever it is that pops, I don't know. And and um, I don't remember it. And and um, and all of a sudden, you get the full glory of Jesus shown, and a couple of disciples witness this, right? It's this outward transformation of who he really inwardly is. And so Jesus displayed outwardly in that moment his divine nature and glory. So so what I'm trying to say is, and what he's saying here is, be transformed by the renewal of your mind is we should outwardly manifest our inner redeemed natures. So what we what we look like and what we do on the outside starts to show who we really are on the inside. That's true. Which means what we're doing on the outside starts to show not ordinary, not cookie cutter, but extraordinary because something different has changed on the inside. So what look what we end up showing on the outside is real life because we become to, we've come to life for real, right? Mm-hmm. On the inside. That's the whole idea. And then you'll notice that it says trans that's the transformed part. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind. We're transformed by so how do we transform? How does our how does our inside all of a sudden show magnificently on the outside? Um how how do we how do we go from caterpillar to butterfly? Well, that happens by renewing our mind. A, a renewed mind is saturated and controlled by the Word of God, and so when we get in the Word of God and we start to saturate our mind in it, it starts to control us. It sets the moral fiber for us. Yeah. It sets what's right and what's wrong, right? And then that is transforming us on the outside. So those things start to show. Yeah. Right? Does that make sense? That's right. That those things start to show, not just to us, but to the world around us. Now, look at the last part of this verse. Most of the time, this verse, that part, this part gets skipped. Most of the time, you hear, don't be conformed to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And we leave out this part, just like we leave out the first part. The very first verse that you read, right? 12 yeah. Talked about true and proper, proper worship, mm-hmm. right? We usually leave that one out. And we usually leave the last part of verse 12 out. Look at what it says. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. So you start not getting your cues, not from the pattern of this world, not getting your cues from what's culturally relevant, which then tells you what's right and wrong. Right? You're going to break the mold of that normal human existence, and instead you're going to be transformed. What's on the inside is going to come on the outside. 
because you are saturated in God's word. You're renewing your mind in God's word. And then you're going to be able to, because of that, you're going to be able to determine what God's will is and do it. You're going to have the ability to know what God wants and be able to do it. Not question what God wants, but know it. Mm -hmm. His good, his pleasing, his perfect will, which by the way, good, pleasing, and perfect will is is full circle Old Testament sacrifice language, right? So so he starts off this whole thing by saying... By saying, here's your true and proper worship, right? It's the it's the sacrifice of your lives. And then he comes back to this part, brings that Old Testament language back in and goes, then you're going to know his good, his pleasing, his perfect will. This is, so, this is so cool to me. And so with that in mind, what we are driving at right now, maybe I didn't do a good job explaining it, but I really like that verse. Yeah. What, what, we ha- what, we're, what we're going to have in mind is we're going to start a journey to not be ordinary. Um there is an art to being unordinary, and it is not that difficult. And yeah, so it's not. Basically, what it begins is, is you begin to do, it starts by you begin to do some unordinary things. And you do those ordinary, unordinary things at certain specific times, which then reorients everything, right? Changes everything. This is the principle. The way to live an unordinary life in Jesus is to follow the principles that put him first. And when you put him first in these small, simple things, it begins to make you live a completely unordinary life, right? Which in turn leads to an extraordinary life. And it is very different than the way the rest of the world lives. It is completely outside the pattern of this world. It is not cookie cutter. And by the way, most Christians do not do these basic steps, which is why we find ourselves walking around thinking the same thing that non-Christians think about life. That's why we walk around with the same lack of hope most of the time. Yeah, that's true. The same day in, day out, mundane, right? A non-Christian should sort of see their life as I wake up, I go to work, I go home, I play with the kids, I wake up, I go to work, I go home, right? They ought to kind of see it that way, like there's no other hope or life because they're not alive in Jesus. Like, you know what I'm saying? They ought to see it that way. Um we as Christians should not. Like even the ordinary mundane things scream God's goodness in our life. Right? That's right. They, like like us having to sit around and be annoyed with the same food that we eat every day <laughs> screams how good and gracious God is. You know what I'm saying? That's right. Right? And so we, we are called to live an unordinary life, and it really begins with these small steps by us changing what is first. Mm-hmm. That's the key, and most Christians don't do this. I'm telling you, I've been a pastor for a long time. Um, it is a fight as a pastor to talk and teach and try to say it in a way and give steps and tools to help people do these things, and they don't for the most part. Um, most people struggle with, which is why there's an ordinariness to that life instead of being extraordinary, being unordinary. And so the way we start this thing off, and we're not going to give you any much more than this, one more little sentence, that's going to be about it. We start this thing off by doing some unordinary things. And we do those unordinary things at very ordinary times, right? So we we do some things that are weird in this world um, because they don't fit the pattern. But we do them at very ordinary times that start to set a trajectory for our life, starts to push us towards knowing and receiving and and, God, and giving God's perfect will 
and I think helps us walk into what Jesus is saying of you're going to do greater things than me, right? Mm-hmm. Like there's an extraordinary life ahead of you. You get to be a part. Like I want you to just think about this. You get to be a part of God's restor- restorative process in this world. You know what I mean? So like um, let, me, let me just say this real quick. This might be off subject, but I feel like I got to. There's like four phases, right, um, to the human condition, to creation. So you have creation, mm-hmm. right, and then you have the fall. So you got creation. God creates everything. It's all perfect. Everything's rolling good. Then you have the fall. Then you have redemption, right? Jesus comes down for, re- for the redemption of all mankind. But most of the time we get stuck at redemption, and we forget that there is a fourth piece to this whole thing. We get stuck at redemption, right? A lot of people I know get stuck at saved. There's been plenty of times where I've gotten stuck at saved. Yeah. But the part that we are participating in now, now it's not fully come, but the part we're participating in now is not redemption. It's restoration, that God is restoring everything back to the way he intended it to be to begin with, in perfect unity, perfect harmony. And we get to, we get to, right here, right now, be a part of the restorative process of putting things back in order, putting things back like they're supposed to be. Like we get a part in that as Christians. It's not I didn't decide it, Jesus decided it. We get to be a part of that restorative order of putting things back. And so one of the biggest parts to this, man, to this extraordinary piece that we get to be a part of is us restoring the order, being a part of the restorative order to our own days, weeks, months, and years by doing something that is unordinary in today's times. But we do it at ordinary times. So we're going to talk through these little small steps of what do you do the first of the day? Mm-hmm. What do you do the first of the week? What do you do the first of the month? What do you do the first of the year? And that's the the beginning, the art to being unordinary is what we do. We're going to take some unordinary steps at some very ordinary times, right? The first yeah. of the week, first of the day, first of the day, first of the week, first of the month, first of the year. They come around over and over and over again, right? Um, and when we do things differently, when we declare with those times who's first, that's the start to an unordinary, extraordinary life. Yeah. And so I think this this series kind of comes at the perfect time. I think this episode goes live. I think right now, if you're listening live, it's the last week of January 2024. Um, and so I think this could really help us at the beginning of the year. Yes. To, to like pursue like, I don't want 2024, me personally, I don't want 2024 to be another year where I sit around going, there's got to be more to life than this, and oh, another Sunday coming around, right? another message, All right, you know, wake up, go to work, eat dinner, feed the kids, go to bed, right? I don't want to have another year like that. So I, I'm, I'm trying my best. I've been, now, I've been now working on this for about three, four, maybe five years to start doing these unordinary things at these ordinary normal times. That's the idea. So we're going to talk through next week. We're going to jump into first of the day. Um, then we're going to jump to first of the week. Then we're going to jump to first of the month. Then we're going to jump to first of the year. Woo-hoo. So if you want to study and be prepared, just just um, meditate. And meditate's not some weird word where you sit in the corner and hum. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> oh, like Yeah, we're not talking that's about not, that. That's not what meditation is. Meditation comes from a word in scripture that means to chew on something like a cow chews on cud, 
right? So in other words, you just sit there and you just think on it and think on it, regurgitate it, regurgitate it, regurgitate it, regurgitate it until you get every single nutrient out of it. That's what a cow does with cud. So Woo-hoo. meditate <laughs> on Romans 12, 1 and 2. Yes. Right? That you got true and proper worship. And it, 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 true and proper worship is nothing more than offering your whole life. That's right. Well, what's the best way to offer your whole life? To start Started. with the first yeah. first of the day, first of the week, first of the month, first of the like first of everything, right? Yep. Um, there's a there's a demand because God is perfect and pure and righteous and holy that He's first, right? Jesus don't take second place, by the way. Right? That's right. He's first, and so we want to orient our lives where every single first that we have declares that God's first. That's the beginning to un unordinary life and it really can be summed into and we can talk about this with lots of them but if we just did first of the day first of the week first of the month first of the year it'd change everything change it all that's the plan that's where we're going oh my gosh that's where we're going i am so excited so i'm excited about it i really am excited yeah for real get y'all's planners out put god first (laughs) god first we're about to tell you how to do it and it is not hard it is not difficult but it is weird to the rest of the world so be ready for that be ready for that. It is weird to the rest of the world. It does not fit mm-hmm. the pattern that the enemy is trying to create in this world, right? We won't we don't we ain't being conformed to that mess. Right? That's We're right. gonna be We're transformed not. by the renewing of our mind. And that transformation means we all about to go from caterpillar to butterfly, because God's got big things for us. Heck yeah. I That's like exciting. It. I like it. That's where we're going. Y'all be encouraged. It's yeah. gonna be so good. Gonna I'm excited. Good. It's gonna be good. Yeah. So that's where we're going. Have a great day. Great year. Great yes. month. Great day. Great week. I don't know. Thank you for joining us. <laughs> Thank you so much. And Steph even sang on this episode. Yeah, a little little snippet. For real though, if what y'all, is the song? Say what's, what's, um, what's the song. I think "More to Life." I think that's what it's called, and it's by Stacey O'Rico. I encourage everyone to look it up. Um, you know, girlies from like early two thousands, late nineties. You know. You know, we'll put it in the uh, we'll put it in the description or something. Okay, Damn. it's so good. It it hits more as an adult because I don't get think it. we've ever referenced. We reference books all the time and the blogs and stuff uh-huh. like that. Articles. I don't think we've ever referenced a song. So that's cool. Yay! That's cool. Okay. Well, all right, well join gonna... us next time. All right. See you later. <laughs> Bye, y'all. Thank you for joining us on the Messy Walk podcast with Pastor Adam Cook. Make sure to follow us for future episodes that will be posted regularly each Wednesday. Have a good day.